0: No, no on TV will ever get a job again.
1: <laughs> Dreadful, dumb and dumb. I'd call. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch. This is episode uh, 38, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, back once again uh, with the re- uh, with the return of the Premier League, uh, the end of AFCON and the FA Cup to speak about. Wilbur, how are you? Yeah, going well. Going well. An, an, another week on Zoom, but uh, we'll we'll make the most of it. Yeah, we'll power through. We'll power through. Um, so as I just said, lots to talk about Uh in, in terms of footballing but once again before we get underway uh some disappointing stuff to talk about uh it seems to be becoming a regular occurrence that footballers just seem to be making absolutely boneheaded and decisions well not even boneheaded just straight up nasty decisions uh, kurt zuma Wilbur, do do you want uh, to do you want to take the reins on describing what's happened or do you want me to do it <laughs> Now I'll, I'll have a go. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah. So, so supposedly I haven't actually seen the video, but his brother uploaded a video to some social media platform of him slapping and kicking his cat um and sort of uh, i i assume making some sort of joke about it is is that on them is that on, the, is that on the yeah i
1: have i've unfortunately seen the video uh i for anyone that is a lover of animals and like me and we're a lover of cats i would not recommend it um it, yeah he he like drops the cat like he drops the cat from like a sort of waist height and then kicks it as it hits the ground and then later he get like not the brother that's filming but another younger brother lifts the cat up to the bench and then he just open palms slaps it back onto the ground which is just really really hard to watch um so yeah it's just absolute like what an absolute dickhead <laughs> to be honest yeah it's
0: just it's just shit shit behavior and yeah pretty yeah pretty
1: problematic really i mean yeah yeah. And uh, so far, um, the punishment he has received has been a ducking of two weeks' wages, which will be donated to uh, an animal charity. RSPCA have taken away his cats, thank God, um, and he has been dropped by his boot sponsor, Adidas. Um, a fair punishment, or sh- should there have been probably possibly possibly more ramifications?
0: I think I I I think they're all good um, good things to have happened, but I I do think that West Ham could have probably taken a little bit more a little bit more leadership. Um, I don't know. He's been he's been caught out doing something that's 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 pretty terrible. Um, and Moy is just saying we picked him because he's one of our better players. Um, sure, he, he's a good footballer, but doesn't mean he can be. A shit person.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it kind of made me think when he, when Moy said that. So, like, well, what if he's like a, you know, reserve, uh, if, if he's like a guy coming off the bench, is he just going to get left out of the squad because it's easier? Like, I don't know. Like, this whole idea that because you're a good footballer, you, you should be able to get away with things is, is a thing that's becoming more and more a narrative that's becoming more and more commonplace of late. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, all the things that have happened to him adjust. Um, uh, I think he, he should have been at least stood down for one game if not uh, you know one or two uh obviously like our opinions on this because we obviously care a lot about cats because uh, having a cat and going up with cats and just animals in general but there seems to be a fair bit of um public opinion that the punishment he's got is, uh, already enough, some people going, quite a few people even online going to say that it's, it's gone too far now with the, with the boot sponsorship cancellation. Um, I just think that's ridiculous to be honest, like, like to abuse a cat like that or any animal like that, a defenseless animal that can't speak up for itself. And then to also like be laughing about it. And then uh, on video about
0: it on social media.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like what type of whack person do you have to be to do that? Yeah. I think
0: yeah. I I I think that's why it's that's why it makes sort of Moyes and, and West Ham's response to it even worse because it sort of justifies those sort of comments that 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 trivialize the matter. Um, the club's not taking it seriously, the manager's not taking it seriously. That have have done something, but
1: yeah it's, it's very disappointing to see those comments. Yeah. But yeah, ultimately uh, not something we really, we don't want to keep talking about footballers uh, being, uh, not being really, you know, uh, not upstanding pillars of society. we shouldn't expect them to be, but um, we don't want to talk about them being assholes. Uh, But here we are yet again. uh, And let's hope that next week there's not another fresh controversy to talk about. (laughs) Um. So moving on to actual football news, uh, we've got the African Cup of Nations final. Uh, so for those that don't know, Senegal have won uh, on penalties uh, after a nil-all game with Sadio Mane, who had a penalty saved earlier in the game, scoring the winning penalty. Uh, did you see the shootout or have seen highlights of the shootout?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen the shootout. It was... Um... Yeah, just just crazy that um, Mo Salah didn't get to get didn't get to take one.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like you do run the risk of that when you put yourself at five, but I guess you usually put the best penalty taker at five. Um, it's kind of like, sort of like for me, it's a weird sort of like metaphor for his entire AFCON experience. Like he he didn't by any means dominate the tournament, but it, it I, I kind of got left feeling like. Not that he, not that he could and should have done more, but he didn't get a, like, didn't really get enough opportunities to do more, because that Egypt team is just built up to like two two blocks of four, and they or not even like they, they just sat back incredibly like defensively on the on the couple of games they did watch, and just basically tried to hit him and one other guy on the counter, and like he's good, but he like in a team that's set up to play that way, you're never going to really see how good you can be.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I thought. Senegal um, w- w- were the better team in the, in the 120 minutes. Um, and yeah, the the main or the only highlights for, for Egypt that you saw was when Mo Salah took on about three or four players and and, ha- and had a crack himself. Whereas you look at Senegal and they've got Ismail Assar, who was really good, Id- Idris Gay, Edouard Bendy, though the Egypt keeper was also very good, but... Yeah, it was it was stacked against Salah a little bit given, yeah. given given this the quality surrounding him and and Mane.
1: And if you look at like the who scored uh, team of the season and I think even the official AFCON team of the season, Mo Salah's is not in the who scored team of the season, which is probably fair enough, but essentially for the reasons we just said, it's hard for him to really have an impact on the game. But if you look at the Senegal players in the team of the season, you got Koulibaly, uh, the players you mentioned, um yeah, yeah, Mane, like it's like they they were they are probably the best team in Africa and have been before, probably even before this tournament. So yeah, it wasn't, a, it was a surprise that it, to me that Egypt even took it to um, extra time because I thought Senegal dominated most of that game, but you know, resilience uh, yeah. and I guess uh, Mo, Mo Salah, Mo Elneny and a good keeper can only get you so far. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. But yeah, um, it's it was a it was it, it was it was a good tournament and like just chaos at times, but, but yeah. lots, of, lots of good football as well. And the, yeah, the, really, the, the scenes in uh, Dakar—I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, but, it is, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when they were doing their parade with it with the trophy was just
1: oh yeah, mental. So good. <laughs> nah, you did love to see it, and also like the uh, Mane's Instagram photo with the trophy in his bed. It almost didn't look real. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but yeah, happy for him. Um, But and I think that, like, I don't know. Before the tournament, there was a lot of like I had, or even during the tournament when Egypt made it, I was like, if Mo Salah wins this and Liverpool go on to challenge for the league and maybe win the Champions League and and continue going well into next season, Uh, my initial question was to you. Does he have a argument for um, the Ballon d'Or? Because you know, you, you know, for, usually you need an, uh, a national trophy, or at least to play well and get into a national final, and win a Champions League or a league title. And but my and I was and then like they lost, and I was like, maybe I can't say that. But I reckon my question still is the same. When you look, when you see like. Players like Messi, obviously winning everything it is, and going to the Copa America final and um, being the best of every category, obviously winning player of this tournament, um, and then winning Ballon d'Or because he got a bunch of man and matches. Like whether or not him or Lewandowski is is should have won it is beside the point. Um, for you, what does Mo Salah have to do because of the current like league form Terry's on, and I guess he was good in the Champions League group stage. What does he have to do this for the remainder of this calendar year to warrant? being up in that conversation because like he, he he dragged that egypt team that wouldn't be anywhere near the final to the final of afcon uh liverpool are probably in the top three favorites to win the champions league this season uh what what would you what would, what would you think he would have to do to be at least considered in the top three because he finished seventh i think last year
0: i think it's a tricky one i think uh i think that he should be in in the conversation when it comes around if he can continue like the, the the current form that he's in obviously um i think at a minimum he he has to win one of the the premier league or 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 the champions league and i think maybe with one of those and taking that egypt team to the final he might be in with a chance but I do also think that not winning Afcon is a bit is a bit of a red mark against his name. or well, will be a red mark against his name when it comes
1: to that conversation. Yeah, I just what think it's you... a bit un, un, unfair to put at not winning Afcon against him because, like, if you look at like comparing him versus Messi, because people are saying that Mo Salah is currently the best player in the world. You know, even with the likes of Messi and stuff and everyone else um, playing, like Messi. If you look at Messi's Argentina team. Versus Mo Salah's Egypt team, like it's no contest. Like Messi, obviously, was incredible that tournament, but like he was incredible because he had players around him that could help him be incredible. Like I'm not saying like that, like he was carried, but like like, you know, if he if he plays a pass, he's got someone that can finish it. He's got someone that can you know make a decoy run so he can get a little bit a, a yard of space. Like Mo Salah had literally like no one offensively to bounce off. So uh, yeah, I think it, I also agree like the people that like decide who's going to win these awards just look at awards and not having that national trophy to his name will be hard will be against him. But I think yeah, I don't know. If, if for me it's it's unf- I think like Luka Modric making the World Cup final with Croatia, him making the Afghan final is is an achievement. But yeah, for me for me if he wins the Champions League, I'm seriously considering him like I, I, I would be seriously considering him um, for for the award, but like you said, yeah, he has to have, like like the way it works these days, people only care about trophies. So, do
0: you think that winning the Champions League or the Premier League is better for his chances
1: for Ballon d'Or? I'd say Champions League because it's it's held in higher regard. Yeah, yeah.
0: However, I I suppose there's also the World Cup coming up before the Ballon d'Or. Is... Yeah, true. That's
1: in that that's in the calendar year, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's another big... I, I assume Egypt have qualified.
1: I think so. I think they might have to play a um, qualifier still in like June or something. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be even harder to to, to carry the team there. But if you know, if if he does something like I don't know, quarterfinals, that is a
1: big big achievement. Or he like you know, top scores or something. Yeah, which you could, which you could do, you we could do, it. but yeah, I, I it's, it's always hard. Like, like, it, like historically, anyone who's won a Ballon d'Or is from, it plays for a really good club team, and plays for, or like the or the national team they play for, is pretty good too. Yeah, like, the they, Renal, they,
0: they at least have some, some support.
1: Yeah, like, like if you look at Ronaldo, Messi, um, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Um, uh, Luka Modric, Real Madrid, Croatia and the Croatian that made it to the World Cup's final was pretty good like definitely better than their Euro team three years later Um, then yeah you go back even further you know you got Kakar and Zidane and all of them playing for like really good European teams and then really good Brazil, France you know so yeah like for someone from Egypt to win it would just be ridiculous but that's just you know that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, moving moving on um, to the, the Premier League. I feel like it's been a while because um, there was the winter break. I think was that, that that's what happened, and then there was the FA Cup, which we'll get to touch on yeah. later. But players
0: play, players had a little holiday. I think um, late Jan.
1: Yeah, so uh, there hasn't been any Premier League for a while, but. Um, we're back. So, first, firstly, let's get us underway with uh, Super Frank. Uh, he's after an impressive four-one win in the cup against Brentford. Somewhat of a coming back down to earth for Everton.
0: Yeah, I think to to, to be fair, I've, I've watched the extended highlights for this. Um, pretty scrappy first two goals for Newcastle and Everton's goal was very scrappy as well. And then a, a good free kick um, from Kieran Trippier, but I think someone in, in Everton's backline, whether it's Pickford or um, someone in the wall uh, needs to sort of answer for what happened there. I thought I saw Anthony Gordon standing on the edge of the wall and just left a big gap in between him and the wall. Like he was marking a player, but, still it's 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 like one one step yeah. to the side yeah um so yeah it, it was it's it's definitely a very disappointing loss um given how well we we started uh, frank started against brentford but do do you think it was everton bad or newcastle actually looking like they're stringing something together
1: so i managed to have the pretty bad internet of the, of the house i'm staying at uh, be not too bad for about two thirds of this game. So I got to stream a fair bit of it. Um, it, it was scrappy, but it was like end to end. And like, I think like that Newcastle team seems to be shaping up to be like, they're not obviously polished yet, but like in terms of the way Eddie has got them with like work rate and, you know, added bits of quality with, uh, target and trippier, um, and obviously, there'll be a few others that will come into the team. Uh, I thought it was a team that looked like, like overall, and maybe more in the second half, it was a team in Newcastle that looked like it had had a couple more weeks to get a new manager's style under their belt, versus a team in Everton that didn't quite look like they'd gelled yet. Like Ali and like Van der Beek looked very clean and and um. You know, did ever didn't didn't like do anything bad. Looked very clean and composed on the ball. Moved it moved it quickly, but like the other the rest of the team didn't really seem to move in the right way around him. And then Ali had good runs in like good defensive runs, but then looked a little bit lost defensively. Gave the ball away for the Newcastle second goal. So I th- I think it for me it, it, Everton just looked a little. I don't want to say lost, but I, I want to say like, they, they look like a team that will be, was gelling still. Yeah. Like looked, I it, think it looked like a, um a, a game like that. Like it looked like the first game of a season after a preseason, if you know what I mean, for Everton.
0: Yeah. I, I also think a, a big factor in, in the game is the sort like the, the atmosphere at, at St. James's like, I think once they got a little bit of momentum behind them, it became very, very hard for an Everton team, like you say, who, who is still gelling um, to sort of have the confidence when that place was was rocking. And as Newcastle get better, that is going to be an amazing stadium, to be at. Oh, yeah. And to be <laughs> yeah. fair,
1: also, um, Everton, before they even saw out the first half, lost Mina and Gray to injuries. That doesn't help your case at all.
0: Yeah, that's that's another thing I was going to say. I mean, the, the whole season has been marred by injuries, but Godfrey is out at the moment. Mina is also out. So, yeah, Br- Branthwaite played um, a lot of the game and he, he he looked a little bit out of his depth.
1: Yeah, and obviously losing your, like, probably what's been your biggest goal threat outside of Richarlison and Damari Gray this season um, didn't help as well. Uh, Ali, like I said, like probably wouldn't, would have liked to not come on that early. Um, he probably like, and Frank probably would have liked to keep Ali on until the second, Ali off till the second half. But as, as it happens, it didn't work. And like, yeah, I think, I think Ali will come good. I think it, it, like, he's not, he's barely played for so long that like, yeah, he just needs him a little off the pace, but that will come. Um, but yeah, like, all in all, it, like, new, the Newcastle team looks like they're poised to like start pushing up the table pretty quickly. But the Everton team, as long as the grey injury isn't too serious, I'm hoping, um, and even if it is, like is, they've still got a couple other players that can fill in. Uh, I, I think like Frank will get it right. Um, and Donny van der yeah. for, for the 20 or so minutes he came on, it was hard because of the situation he was put into. But like he looked really clean in possession. I don't think he gave the ball away once. Um, made some nice, uh, good in like tight areas. Um, good at helping Everton play out from the back um, because he was playing in a like deeper role, not number ten, which I think, which me and you have both agreed that he should play in. Um, so yeah, that that yeah. that was that got me excited for him and for Everton because, it, um, uh, yeah, him him playing. And I think Andre Gomez, after having a good game against Brentford, again, was a bit of a non factor in this game. Um, so I think if he can, if, if Allen and uh, Vanderbank can play more regular minutes and Vanderbank can get more integrated into the team and everyone can start, you know, uh, getting accustomed to how he plays, um, he could really keep that team ticking. Yeah.
0: I saw, I, I definitely agree with you on Deli Alley. And like, I, I saw a lot of comments online. Whether it be Everton Reddit or, or just the our soccer, about you know, oh, it's just the same old story as at Tottenham. It's like he's literally played <laughs> less than one game, um, and and people are already sort of hating on him. So, I I think he's definitely going to come good. Um, I think Frank's going to obviously, obviously does have a lot of faith in him, um, and I, and and I think that's the other thing. I think. Newcastle, they've they've played well for one game, so I, I feel like they shouldn't get too far ahead of themselves either. They're, they're still in a, in a, in a relegation battle, and yeah,
1: yeah, I no, absolutely. And Eddie Howe said the same thing. He's like, yeah, we've won two games in a row, um, but like we gotta stay calm and composed because like we're far away from being safe. And yeah. yeah, but like I think under his management with the players they brought in, they are, I'll be very surprised if they're not. Well out of the relegation zone come the end of the season. I, I yeah, would say the but, same, I would say the same for both teams though.
0: Yeah, but I think but both teams have to be so every every team around them is looking so like. Uh, Veghurst played well against against United, so Burnley looked like they could be all right. Watford
1: narrowly yeah narrowly yeah. avoided defeat. Yeah. Norwich as well scraping uh, scraping a point against Palace although. <laughs> That was more down to Wilfred Zaha missing an absolute. Oh, did you see that penalty? Yeah, yeah. I just watched it before. That was. Oh my God.
0: Such a good finish before it as well. And yeah, no, like five minutes before. And the penalty is just.
1: Yeah. Wild. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so next game on the. List uh, is Southampton versus Spurs. Uh, Bottle Drop FC is back alive and well. Yeah, that
0: that expressions video so good.
1: <laughs> they put us in a spliff blood. <laughs> so good.
0: Yeah, I think that they, they got their just desserts after um, Emerson Royal sat on top of uh, Broja. In How the, was that not a foul? Honestly, that was
1: ridiculous. Yeah, I've I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was surprised the ref didn't a call the foul initially. B not stop the game for a head injury before they scored, and then C, VAR didn't go. Hang on a minute, you missed this one.
0: Yeah, like there's just no, um, there's no way of looking at it where where you could think that Emerson Royale made. a a genuine attempt at the ball
1: yeah like it's just terrible um i've i've only seen the highlights of this game i'm not sure like only like the 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 five minute ones but but it looks like Southampton dominated for most of the game is that the vibe that you got i've also just
0: seen the highlights (laughs) (laughs) true
1: true football fans me and you we're up to date (laughs) Uh, but yeah, like it looks like. Southampton. Um,
0: so yeah, I guess we don't know.
1: No, but yeah, but like from, from the highlights uh, and the general vibe I'm getting from, you know, the media, it looks like Southampton, yeah, just absolutely tore Spurs apart. I mean, expressions dead at best, they put them in a spliff, blood. You know what I mean? Like. Here we go.
0: They had 23 shots to eight, um, 10 so- shots to three on target. And oh, shit. They actually,
1: yeah, that's a shellacking.
0: Yeah. Which is good to see. Southampton are really stringing together a, a, quite a decent sort of second half of the season Yeah, after, big starting, after starting pretty poorly. Um, I think, I think Hassan, Hassan Hutel has, like,
1: has to be like one of the most underrated managers
0: in the league. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. The, the, the stuff that he's done and like Southampton always lose their best player and somehow bounce back and, and, and find someone new. And, and this season it's looking like Shay Adams, um, James Ward-Prowse, and even uh, Kyle Walker-Peters is, is having like a decent second
1: half of the season and looking looking real good. Big time. And then they got the two Chelsea loanings, Broha and uh, Livermento, who have done well. Livermento more the second first half of the season, Broha more the, sec- uh, the second half. <laughs> yeah. He's a strong uh, bro Yeah. Like, um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But, like, for, for Tottenham, uh, I think, it, again, expression said it best. He's like, five defenders and 23 shots or three goals or whatever it was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Conte Ball is supposed to be this defensively stout back three with with two wing-backs system. Uh, shipping 23 chances or 23 shots and 10 on target. Like that's, that's not it's uh, worrying signs. If you're a Tottenham fan.
0: Yeah. I th- and I think it's something that we touched on when Conte first came into, into the role at Tottenham. Um, He, he just doesn't have the personnel and he didn't have the January transfer window that, that he would have liked, I'm sure. And it's just very hard. Like I think you've got Christian Romero looking decent, but apart from that, I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone—no, well, not everyone—but a lot of people were saying, you know, Christian Romero, uh, Deli Ali will flourish under him. Oh, not Deli Ali. Uh, Eric Dyer will flourish under him, and like, I guess you can, you know, make do with um, uh, Tanganga, Tan- Sanchez, or Rodon as the third center back. You, Derek Dyer is not good. I hope this finally puts this to bed. <laughs> If Eric, if Antonio Conte can't make Eric Dyer good, no manager can. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, he's got one good centre back, <laughs> and um, there's yeah. just not much more you can really like do with that personnel, and they got pretty average fullbacks as well.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was gonna say like they, they just don't have that really like athletic fullback. Wing back that 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 you need under that um under Antonio Conte's uh, system, and yeah, Regi on missing like a chance early in the game
1: that you just have to score. Yeah, yeah. So shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, love you, you. Love to see it. Um, at least I do anyway. Uh, so well, I guess we have to sort of ask what can they do to change it is there anything It'd be it, it would be interesting to see i don't know what what
0: the what the signings that he did bring in 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 january can do cuz
1: is a wing back is is that correct i thought he was like this shows my lack of juventus uh, squad depth but i thought he was a center midfielder but hey <laughs> he might be <laughs>
0: i just think yeah like It'll be interesting to see what they can do, but it doesn't seem like those, um, those transfers are the ones that they needed.
1: I've um, I've heard from multiple like sources that Benton Kerr is not very good. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. To, to be honest, I don't
1: I don't know that much about him. I've just heard people like it's just general opinion that oh yeah. So it says Kulisevsky is a winger or a midfielder on Google, so probably wing back could be used as that or I don't, I don't see him breaking into the front three of uh, Son Kane and Lucas or uh, Bergbein. Um yeah. But yeah, I've just like, I've bent and could like just a few people that I sort of listen to and watch on Twitter and YouTube and stuff. None of them seem to rate him very highly. Um, so makes you really think like how much of an improvement is he going to be on the team? Um, if at all. And then yeah, Kulisevsky, well, yeah. maybe he can he can do better than Reggion or uh, Royale, or maybe he can uh push Lucas or Bergwine, but he's only Kulisevsky's alone. Benton because the, the the main signing. So, like, what's Kulisevsky really gonna do in half a season? Yeah. I
0: don't I, I honestly don't see what they can do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, unless
0: unless he can just sort of get them motivated again there was a little period when he first came in that they looked a little bit more tenacious and stuff but yeah
1: it's looking pretty grim um on the flip side uh i did uh i heard a i watched a little like video um of like uh like a little someone on like recorded it at the game or something on twitter And it was like um, the Southampton away fans uh, chanting, "He's one more than you. He's one more than you. Theo Walcott. He's one more than you." Which I thought was quite quite fun. (laughs) It is fun. It's good to
0: good to get good that the Arsenal lads uh, enjoying that win against Tottenham as well.
1: Still bantering off Spurs, Um, and we'll touch on some more funny uh, chants. That I heard uh, over the weekend when we get on the FA Cup stuff later. But the last game, last Premier League game, we'll touch on before we move on to the FA Cup. Uh, Leeds versus Aston Villa, a uh, really good game to uh, if you're a neutral. Um, but yeah, takeaway. I don't know. I don't really know what takeaway. I think mean, takeaways. I think my takeaway was that Villa should have won the game, but they kind of let they kind of went down to Leeds level, and that helped Leeds.
0: Yeah, I I think the, the main takeaway for me was that sort of leads seem like they're slowly building back to what they what they were looking like last season. After that, the, they were sort of um, gutted by COVID and injuries and stuff earlier in the season. But yeah, they, they they looked really good, and Aston Villa didn't look as good as they have looked since Steven Gerrard came on.
1: I think Hurricane. like that for me, they looked really good in the first half. Um, but like Stephen Gerrard was saying post match, he's like, yeah, uh, in the first half we we did go three one up, but it probably didn't deserve to be three one up. It could have been three two, um, or even three all. Uh, but we were just like playing end to end way too fast, which is the way Leeds like to play. And then he said he wanted to try and try them like make them like calm it down, put a foot on the ball in the second half, but it just didn't really work, and Leeds sort of ran all over them, which uh, which yeah. It's yeah. I think, like you said, like um, Villa didn't look as as like they sort of looked good at times, but didn't look good for a whole ninety, which which Gerard will probably be worried about. But obviously, one positive is or two positives are Coutinho and Jacob Ramsey looked phenomenal, especially Coutinho.
0: Yeah, Coutinho looked incredible, and for for me, Jacob Ramsey has looked just as just as good since Coutinho's coming to the team. So. Again, it's obviously another big plus of Coutinho coming on board, but yeah, Jacob Ramsey deserves like a a a lot of credit. He's he's been playing really well. I think, yeah, I think Aston Villa maybe just at the back looked a little bit, um, um, not quite as solid as they have looked, and I think it sort of comes down to Conser and Mings just being a little bit inconsistent, yeah, Yeah. which is consistent with
1: that. Conso got uh, sent off, so step up to the plate, Callum Chambers for the next three games. He's got his shot, and I hope he takes it with two hands. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, I agree. Uh, great Villa, game. Villa, like you said, like they they they'll string the, the back two will string three good performances together, and then Conso will elbow someone in the face. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. And before, I think it was before the. Second leads goal, Taro Mings had just made like three really great defensive plays, and then after that, just, just literally passed the ball to um uh Yorente in the box.
1: So, what are you yeah. doing? It's it's, um, it's
0: hard for Jerry to control for,
1: yeah. I know, I know, yeah, for sure. Um, well, yeah, he's hoping that Callum Chambers can show them how a real defender defends. <laughs> uh, another and- defender. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a good sign actually. Uh, another thing I, th- uh, another positive that I saw from the game um, was that Dan James uh, finding some form.
0: Yeah, un- uncharacteristically um, sharp turn and finish.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and then uh, the second goal—not um, really the prettiest goal, but you know, you got to have an eye for it. Yeah, right pace, right time, and all that.
0: It's it, it's good to see him doing well. I think, yeah, I, th- I think we've spoken about it in the past, but yeah, I think United was a a little bit too too high for him. But Leeds seem
1: seem to fit in perfectly, so it's good to see him playing well. Yeah, and uh, now yeah, with Leeds looking to find more form, yet another team that uh, is uh, looking to looking good to push away from the relegation zone. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, I who yeah, gets relegated our predictions that we made what a month or so ago are really not looking to too crash hot anymore i reckon or like maybe not maybe they might they might still eventuate but like it like it's really up in the air
0: yeah no the the predictions
1: aren't, are not looking great at all <laughs> smooth <laughs> um uh Uh, So onto the next uh, topic of discussion, which is the FA Cup, which is uh, almost a week old news now, but um, a lot of upsets and a bit of uh, not quite upsets, but some lower league teams make it interesting at least, but we'll start with the upsets. Um, The first of which Nottingham Forest versus Leicester. Now I luckily managed to watch this entire game because it was one of the two games on BBC over the, over the weekend. Um, I've never seen a Premier League team get abs that embarrassed that hard by a team in a league below than them. That was embarrassing. Like that was like an absolute dicking. And the only only reason yeah. that Leicester even grabbed a goal was because the Nottingham keeper just had a brain fade. But like that was really bad. <laughs> that was
0: Yeah, I mean not great from Leicester. Yeah. I, I, I also saw the um yeah, the the Forest keeper coming out and just stop <laughs>
1: yeah what are you doing
0: <laughs> um but yeah it was it, it it's great to see like the, the the atmosphere in that stadium looked um looked ridiculous as well yeah so, oh yeah speaking
1: awesome. of so this is what i was going to talk about before with about with crowd chants um so like they went they went they were th- i think they were 2-1 up yeah they were 2-1 up no yeah yeah 2-1 up sorry 2-1 up uh and they were like or maybe they were 2-0 up. there. Yeah, I think they were 2-0 up and they were chanting, like, or the entire Middlesbrough Stadium, not just, like, a of but the entire Middlesbrough Stadium were, were, were chanting, you're fucking shit, you're fucking shit, you're fucking shit, you're fucking shit, you're fucking... And you could, like, hear it on, like, the pitch side mics. And the, comment- the commentators were just ignoring it. But, like, you could just so clearly hear what they were saying. And then, like, like they they lesser scored and then... um to make it 2-1 and then they scored to make it 3-1 and then they were just like went back to the same chant and then directly after that they were like premier league you're having a laugh premier league you're having a laugh and it was just like like the entire stadium i'm just like if, if i was a leicester player then i would just would have been already even a leicester fan i would just, would have just been like oh god get me out of here <laughs> yeah
0: i mean that has to be the best feeling um being from the championship or lower and taking it to and and, and beating a Premier League side just got to be the best feeling, mm. and I, th- I think particularly as a fan, like yeah, just just giving it to them is. Uh,
1: and something I didn't know chance. about: apparently, middle, uh Nottingham Forest, and um, uh, Leicester are like local rivals as well, so it would have felt even better. Uh, okay, yeah, I didn't know about sure. that until until the day anyway, as well when I watched it. But yeah, so just just an incredible day for Nottingham Forest, and like although I still think. We shouldn't have lost. I uh, the way they played and the manner in which they beat Leicester in kind of makes me understand more why they beat Arsenal the round before. Yeah, because yeah, got,
0: they've got a little bit about them.
1: Yeah, and like they got a lot of really good young players. Like both their they got they got this midfielder in the middle. I can't remember. I'm gonna get the the game up because I can't remember his name right now. But they had yeah they had they had this winger and this midfielder who were just really really talented. Um let me just get it. Uh
0: Leicester Lest, also didn't play I don't think they played amazing and and there was there was certainly one goal where they literally
1: passed it to them yeah.
0: just outside the six yard
1: box. No, but, they that like Leicester were bad but Forrest were also uh, very good. Um yeah, so uh Johnson is is the young midfielder for them. I think he was playing it's in a sort of number 10 slightly behind the striker uh role. He's the one who scored that goal. That was given to them. Yeah. And then, uh, Jed Spence is the guy who scored the fourth goal and it just looked like a very lively winger for most of the game. Uh, gave a lot of problems to, uh, um, Leicester's left back. Um, but yeah, so like just, just a, just a really high energy team well managed. Um, and then yeah, Leicester obviously missing a few players, missing a lot of players through injury and, um, and yeah, obviously a slightly weaker, well, slightly weaker squad in the cup. No Casper Michael either. Uh, That's a yeah, big loss. Yeah, but like, yeah, they just got put to absolute sword, and it was yeah. Um, maybe, maybe it's a good thing. So Brendan Rodgers doesn't have to sp- spread his squad any thinner for the remainder of the season. Can just focus on the Premier League. But um, wasn't wasn't a good showing for Leicester.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's because I haven't seen a Leicester game in a while, but I saw Ricky P was
1: back in the in the Leicester side. Who has he been out? R- Ricardo Pereira. Yeah, he he was out for a while, and then he came he came back from his injury, but then it was sort of it didn't break straight back into the first team, and like still isn't still is coming off the bench, which I find a bit weird. But um, yeah, I don't know, like. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he's playing in the Premier League. I think, I think, I think, I think he's, he's played some games in the Premier League, but hasn't been overly consistently getting minutes. So, yeah, yeah. Uh so yeah, the next game on the on the list is uh Boreham Wood. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're now they're non-league still, non-league Boreham Wood uh, upsetting uh, Championship Bournemouth one nil. Just crazy! What a story!
0: Wild, yeah, and and. Uh, when the the and Wood guy scored, he yeah he he pulled out the Hibbert uh, the Hibbert T shirt, Tony yeah. Hibbert T shirt. Apparently, he's an Everton fan. He's oh, just, I love he, that. Love to see it. <laughs> and and the boss is apparently a Chelsea fan. He was going off after the game about. how uh, yeah, you get, get to, to, get to meet go see Frank, Frank Lampard and Ashley Cole. <laughs> oh
1: Yeah, because they play they play Everton next, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be gonna be a bittersweet moment when you knock them out of the tournament. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is that Goodison yeah. or is that at wood I'll Count the chickens. It's at Goodison. Yeah, I I I, I struggle to see Brown Wood winning that one, but um, you never know. Yeah. I find that these non-league teams, when they do like push teams all the way or uh, get the odd win, it's usually when they're playing at home. Cause they've got like the full crowd. They've also got a pitch that's maybe not as good as a pre- championship or a premier league pitch. that They're used to playing on and they're a lot more comfortable on, but yeah, I obviously credit to them. And, um, an interesting thing I saw before the game about, I think it's a striker called, uh, Clifton or Clinton who came on at some point for Borenwood, uh, didn't start, but he came on, um, He uh, So, like, 10 years ago, Ian Wright uh, did this, like, documentary thing where he went to, like, uh, a a prison in um, England or in London and um, found some, like, young guys, like, this one guy who was 20 at the time and a few others and just sort of, like, um, learned their story about how, like, they were, like, you know, pretty much on the street from, like, the age 13, in and out of juvie and then eventually into prison just because, like, you know, society kind of gave up on them. And was like, but he was like, he, he sort of did this like sort of football camp thing for these uh, these young inmates, and um, was and Ian Wright was like, you've you really like you've you've got talent here. You can, you can like you might not make it to like the the foot the football league, but you can definitely play for like a you know team that will earn you a bit of money and like you know keep you off the street and stuff. And yeah, now ten years later, he um he's been playing for multiple non-league teams, and now he's playing for Boreham Wood. He also played um. Uh, cause his mum's from, from, uh, Montserrat in Spain, uh, which is a, a nation. He played a couple of world cup qualifiers and yeah, it's just an amazing story that like this, this guy who was like in prison is now playing football and I, we'll probably have a job after this as like a, you know, youth advocate for people who are incarcerated to use football as a, a, a sort of way of transitioning out of the prison system, which I thought was just really, really good. Nice, a nice feel that good That
0: is awesome. Yeah. F- 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 finally a feel-good story after the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. And I just thought Ian Wright is just one of the best people in the world. I I, I, I I love him so much. Dude, same. He like like not just like even even without being an Arsenal fan, like the amount of stuff he does for like grassroots communities and the stuff he's done. I don't think it's done, I don't think this is the only thing he's done for for like um uh uh, youths in britain who've been incarcerated and especially uh, black youths in britain who uh, who have um been unfairly treated and stuff as well like just just a really like a, a stand-up person and i don't know i can't say enough nice, nice things about him yeah no he,
0: he's a legend
1: he's
0: an absolute
1: legend um <laughs> so, so sorry, you have to say so, that again Wilbur. <laughs> We lost. Uh,
0: I just said, uh, Mika Richards is a close second.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Mick Richards is definitely close second. Th- th- those two kings, kings. Um, so from the feel good story of uh, Boram Wood uh, versus Bournemouth and Ian Wright uh, to the feel good story of Middlesbrough knocking out Man United from the cup. <laughs> so good um so I mean, yeah uh one all in the game and knocked him out on penalties um but like watching the highlights back for this game it's just a case of how many chances do united want to throw away in reg- in regular time to win the game like yeah it's ridiculous they, like
0: they completely dominated the first half hit, hit, hit the post twice through uh um Sancho or either work twice per, through Sancho and and Bruno and just yeah j- just should have put the game to bed in that first half let Middlesbrough back in and then once sort of Middles- Middlesbrough did get back in they just didn't control the game well enough um heads were gone yeah and I mean I, I really don't understand how that goal isn't knocked off <laughs>
1: Yeah, so that's yeah, so the next thing I was going to talk about the 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 VAR incident, which deemed the uh, potential handball to not be a handball. Um, so I did a bit of digging on this. Apparently, the rule that was changed from last year, because obviously last year had handballs like the the Newcastle one against Kane, where his hand was in a technically unnatural position, but he didn't he didn't he didn't like purposely do it or mean or know much about it. So that rule was now changed that like. Um, the, it's, it's still a bit of a gray area, but it has to be like a deliberate handball that um, like where the hand like moves towards the ball or like deliberate is, is classified as where the hand moves towards the ball to touch it. So I think the one, the one from the middle player touched his hand and it did control the ball in a sense, but I think it's the fact that he didn't know a lot about it. Like it sort of, he wasn't really looking and then it sort of hit him in the hand, um, which is why it wasn't given, uh, which I guess by the letter of the law, this season may I guess makes sense but like the way any no matter what way you look at it like it looks like a handball well like,
0: I I think the big thing is it's a clear handball and it's a clear advantage to yeah. as a result of the handball so I, d- I don't know how you can interpret the law that that shouldn't yeah but knocked off but you know, that's, that's, that's football. Yeah. And, so, and, and, it, and, 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 to be fair, United you know,
1: probably deserved a cop a goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously no one wants to see kind of controversies surrounding a goal that helped a championship side, you know, knock off a big premier league uh, name, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it happened and I guess the, the, the handball rules will probably be evaluated again uh, at the end of the season. Uh, but I just don't like for me, I just don't think you're ever going to get handball, right? Like, it's such a gray area open to interpretation. Um, yeah. I think it handball has definitely been better this season on the whole than it was last season, because you were just getting handballs given for absolutely everything last season, which was ridiculous. But then obviously, like, yeah, that that should be a handball. So like, where do you draw the line? Yeah. Um, and obviously, like yeah, you say, you should put, you should you should put the trust in the referee to make the right decision. But like, if anything, the season's shown is you can't put the referee can't put trust in the referee to make the right decision, even with the assistance of VAR. So,
0: yeah, and I mean, th- th- there's even been talk that you know referees are almost sort of like relying on VAR and potentially making worse decisions as a result of it. But yeah, I mean, that's that, that's a big debate to get into. But I, I think you're spot on because yeah. It's just always going to be a little bit subjective,
1: but yeah, for me, like the, the moral of the story was less than the handball and more the fact that United just sort of scored at least four goals that game. The the Bruno chance for me was just like, how are you not scoring that? That was the worst one for me.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's it's bad, and you know, United could have potentially fake Cup, but I, I still think there's there's good signs under Ragnik. Sancho is definitely playing better um, recently. And I mean, (laughs) they've, they've since had a loss, but um, I still think
1: there's good signs. I think there's glimpses of good signs, but there's also, I think, I think there's just like, there's, there's signs of like defensive solidity under Ragnik. And there's signs of certain players coming into their own a bit more under uh, Ragnik. But, there's also just like the same frailties that, or and same sort of mental fragility that, that, that I think is just instilled in the team from that uh, will take a lot more than a six month interim manager to get rid of. And I don't think it's a run random thing, I think it's just a, a like team mentality thing um, that runs a bit deeper than like, like an interim manager. So, yeah.
0: I think one thing that does strike me. About Ragnik is potentially he's a very good, he has a very good technical understanding of the game. Um, and he's obviously done very good things in a sort of technical director role at, at Leipzig and stuff, but he doesn't seem to know how to manage people like individuals. I get that sense. Like there was the stuff about Martial saying he didn't want to play since he said there's been some stuff with Lingard he doesn't definitely doesn't have the personality to contend with Cristiano Ronaldo um so i think the, the player that the the manager that they do get in he they needs yeah he needs to have that sort of man management aspect a lot more and have Ragnik move into more of a a, a back back room role that is probably more suited to
1: yeah no for sure i think if anything, like, if anything um Ragnik will We'll do what he can for the remainder of the season, but I don't think he's going to be signed on as a uh, any any longer. But yeah, like like um, the next manager needs to be needs to be someone with you know big cojones. You know what I mean.
0: <laughs> and apparently, um, PSG have told Poch that he's not the man after this season.
1: That's so weird I to me. Like they're that. they're absolutely killing the league, and they and they they've got the best chance to win the Champions League in a while. I, I, it makes no sense. But hey, if he goes to Manu, he goes to Manu, and PSG will will just rue, rue the decision. Probably. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. It's. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Time will tell.
1: Uh, I saw a, I saw a, just quickly before we round up the, the episode. Uh, I saw a little thing today. It was like some, it was on Reddit. It was like these, someone as, as like given percentage chance of like uh, out of West Ham, Tottenham United and Arsenal, who's most likely to like, according to like game, like uh, shed remaining schedule and a bunch of other efficient coefficients. Um, what's their percentage chance of making the top four. So apparently Arsenal is top with 40% chance of making the top four. Then Spurs with 25% chance of making the top four. Then United with a 133 chance of making the top four. And then West Ham with like a 5% chance of making the top four. So that was interesting. It is interesting if you're an Arsenal fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> what's what what's I Everton's get. chance? Yeah, Everton had a 25% chance of being relegated. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway um, last two things I want to touch on um, sounds about right just just before we round up the episode is like uh, Kidderminster versus Kidderminster versus West Ham and Plymouth versus Chelsea non-league Kidderminster who play I think in the sixth tier of English football uh, almost had the upset of the of, of the season in the FA Cup and possibly could have been the upset of the decade uh, by taking a, a West Ham to extra time and West Ham only winning in the final minute of extra time, in what was an absolute heartbreak situation. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't watch most of this game because I was watching the too busy watching the end of the Plymouth Chelsea game, which I'll touch on in a second. But like just the fact that like even if anyone that hasn't even seen the game, like the fact that a non-league sixth tier team can take West Ham to 120 minutes and almost take them to penalties, is just crazy to me. Like ridiculous
0: they've they've got no right
1: (laughs) yeah they've literally got no right they had five thousand people in their stadium and that was like the biggest and like like like, their stadium was like tiny it's like type of stadium that you'd probably see like a state league one team or state league two team back in australia like playing
0: yeah i mean and yeah west ham are fourth in you know the 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 richest league in the world yeah yeah it's it's awesome i mean that that is why that is the the magic of the FA Cup. Yeah.
1: And like literally the only reason that uh, Kitty Minster didn't win in, in, in full time because like what was so heartbreaking for this game about Kitty Minster was they, they went up 1 0 and then the West Ham equalized in the 90th minute and then won in the 120th minute. And so it's just yeah, like right. so close twice. Firstly to winning and then secondly to taking it to penalties. But yeah, um, Declan Rice is the only reason that West Ham won that game because had he not come on a halftime, and absolutely changed the game and then scored the winner by literally like playing a one-two with someone, then dribbling past someone in the box, then smashing into the roof of the net. They basically, it was virtually a solo goal. Um, they would have been out. But yeah, just, just, just an incredible thing I wanted to quickly make a note of. And secondly, um, uh, the Plymouth versus Chelsea game. Um, this had possibly like the craziest extra time i've i've seen like so, so it was plymouth went one nil up chelsea equalized in full in in regular time and then in the first half of extra time chelsea was like dominating possession and eventually uh and like you're like oh this, this is looking like they're probably going to win because they're just dominating and then, then marcus Londo scores on 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 like the uh at the end of the first half of extra time and then the second half i don't know what happened Chelsea just like completely went into their shells. Plymouth absolutely dominated, had like five shots to one or two, um, and then won a penalty with like two minutes left. But then the but then uh, Kepa saved it, and Chelsea won two one. And I was just like, again, Plymouth would play League One, and they've just taken the Champions League winners to the very last. Winners, I just thought yeah. it was just phenomenal, and could have taken. And if they had scored a penalty, it could wild. Have- could have taken them to penalties. Like it's just crazy. I would have loved to see Chelsea get knocked out. But yeah, definitely. me too. Me too. <laughs> would have been so good. Yeah, and big big Rom again. Very poor showing. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you scored in some
0: some game for Chelsea recently. Club World was, Cup game yesterday. Really to go that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They they were There's out and tap you... in
1: apparently. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Got to take him where you can get him, I suppose. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with him, you? but I, I, think, I think I still feel like it'll come good. But yeah, he's, he was very poor against a not very good opponent. So, but yeah, the one thing I just wanted, like, the last thing I want to say is just like watching that Plymouth versus Chelsea game, like, in like the second half of extra time, like, everyone in the Plymouth team was just absolutely running like hell for leather, like, pressing the back line, chasing after like everyone. And like I was just like, that level of effort is something you rarely even see in the Premier League. Like you, obviously, you see a lot of teams like try hard in the Premier League, but like pressing to that extent in the 120th minute of extra time, in uh, for a team that has a game again on, in like three or four days, like it was just r- crazy, was just ridiculous. Like uh, I was in awe.
0: You love to see it. Yeah. I suppose, it, I, I, I suppose it is also hard in the Premier League because you know these guys in the Premier League play like. Maybe Plymouth have got a, a game in three days, but these guys in the Premier League are playing a stupid amount of games.
1: Yeah, true. With all the tournaments, it, it is tricky. Yeah, it is. But uh, but yeah, that that uh, so Premier League's back. The magic of the cup, uh, Afcon's over, um, and so looking. So one last thing before we sign off. Uh, there is two games uh, tonight. I think it's Liverpool versus. Leicester and Arsenal versus Wolves. Uh, quick little prediction for me before we sign off. will be. Liverpool will win. Yeah.
0: 100%. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I think Leicester will probably score. Maybe let's, let's go 3-1 to yep. Liverpool. And
1: I'm going to pick Wolves 1-0. Interesting. That's, that's not a bad shout. They're looking good at the moment and it's at home. Um, just because of like how important this game is uh, for Arsenal like if we win because we've got uh, we're currently uh, three games behind West Ham, two games behind United and we're only three points behind United and four points behind West Ham so this win could really jolt us into the top four conversation know, uh, so, to monum- it. so monumental game for us yeah <laughs> so because' I've, because I've just said all of that I reckon we're gonna draw um it's gonna be really frustrating so i'm gonna go one all i know how about liverpool lester uh yeah i like lester have to bounce back after the weekend showing but i don't see it like maybe like four one liverpool are rocking reckon, right now
0: do you reckon luis diaz plays or starts
1: no, I think, he pretty... off, I think he comes off the bench one once more before he starts. Yeah,
0: but but I mean, yeah, you, you do have a pretty fragile Mo Salah there. But I, I don't
1: think Mo Salah starts. And... I think Mo Salah might be on the bench, but I think yeah, yeah. he'll go with Firmino, um, Jota, and actually maybe he does start because Mane is still away. You got Firmino, Jota, and someone else. Oh no, probably start Chamberlain, maybe or Harvey Elliott. No, I don't know. Maybe may, hey, Luis Diaz may start. I'd love to see, see it, it. because. If and if I'd, he does start, I'd love to see it. I'm definitely gonna try and watch. I mean, it's on at the same time as the Arsenal game, so I'm probably not gonna watch it. But I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be looking for any highlight packages of his uh, tricks and skills and stuff.
0: First Colombian to play for Liverpool in the Premier League.
1: Oh, huge! What a story! Beautiful. Shout out, uh, friend to of the show, Fabian Gonzalez. Yes, the boy from Barranquilla. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that'll that'll round us up for this episode uh probably i think it's been quite a long one well we'll have i'll have to wait and see in the edit um as always uh follow us on on. uh, spotify and follow us on instagram um i've noticed uh uh, will be our uh, listenership has actually been up a little bit the last few episodes so for anyone listening if you've made it this far um message us about ooh, message what, what should you message us message us saying uh jasper's, what you, what you,
0: jasper's plants got a new leaf
1: <laughs> yeah oh there you go yeah t- 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 <laughs> tell me that my plants got tell me that uh my plant's got a new leaf if, if you've listened this far or congratulate me on it or congratulate wilbur on it because <laughs> uh, wilbur has been looking after my plants while i'm away but yeah um thanks for listening and uh